Hello, and welcome to Numbers Go Up, FanBytes podcast for all things live games. I'm your co-host, Merritt K. Features and trending editor of FanBite.com. And with me, as usual, uh, well, actually, making their, their first appearance on this podcast in a few weeks uh, is uh, FanBite managing editor, Stephen Strom. Hi, I'm back. Hi, I, uh... guess who's back? Back again. Mm-hmm. Steven's uh, back. Tell your friends. Eminem reference. Um, What's he up to these days, do you think? Oh, releasing songs about Donald Trump just kind of being a doofus. Yeah. The oh, last okay. time I checked. <laughs> yeah. He, he, did thought... a, he did a Trump uh, diss track, I think. You see, I thought the answer was going to be nothing. No. I figured that he, he put 50 Cent no. into the world. Him and Dr. Dre built 50 Cent in a lab, and he was like, my work here is done. <laughs> I assume, I assume he went to jail like, for murdering machine like, gun Kelly. One day we're gonna create the perfect robot who will who will uh, <laughs> create the perfect tweets and also like uh, be in a pretty good video game. Yeah, at least one very good video game. Yeah, yeah. Um, were there multiple? There was two. Yeah. Oh my god. Blood, Blood on the Sand, sand was and what was sequel. the other? Uh, oh my god! Right. And Blood on the Sand was the good one, right? Uh, it, is that it was the one good where at he the goes? Is that the one where he goes to the Middle East? Yes. I, so I bet it doesn't hold up, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, bet, um, I bet there's some problems with that one, honestly. No, but like, I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm sure it's probably fine. No, I'm um, sure it's fine. But uh, yeah, that was made like what, during the height of the Iraq war? I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> uh, that other voice you hear is fanbite guiding light, Colin McGregor. Hello, everybody. Who, can I just say, everyone has such cool titles and... Uh, I feel like I want to get a cool title because another person with a cool title joining us this week is Fanbyte Social Editor Plus, Nikki Grayson. Thank you. Hello. You can just change your title, Hello. Merit. That's what I did. Can, I can? Yeah, just, I can just respect. Yeah, just respect. Just make it something else. I can just reclass. Yeah. Uh, I can I like multi-class. I was like, um, well, I don't know. What's something else? Like monk or something? Yeah. Bard. Bard editor. Monk. But, but not as like a fighting person. Specifically right. as Monk from the TV show. <laughs> Hi, so, I'm I mean, Tony. You, you Hi, do get I'm OCD, Tony unfortunately. Tony. Yeah, you do get OCD. That's sort of like your uh, your negative, but then you get good detective stuff right. as like your positive. Um, uh, those are that's like your perks and your uh, your cons. And speaking of stats and perks and everything, let's talk about video games where there are numbers in them. How do you yes. like that? Is that I good? like numbers. That's, that's you know what I feel like that should be a good podcast idea. Was that a good segue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that anything? So no, I, I appreciate it, Merritt. Thank so you. Everyone... It's nice to be appreciated. You know. <laughs> so it's on the tip of everyone's tongue. Uh, Destiny Two. Bungie killed the Umbral Farm. Yeah. What the fuck? <sighs> Watching so, the okay. case like. <laughs> Watching Nikki's distraught in real time was incredible. (laughs) uh, um, In the past, there have been ways to exploit the Black Armory forges to... uh, I think the last major one was basically to just get planetary materials, and this was during the the time when... I think it was for... um, Season of the Worthy, I think. uh, Not Worthy, uh, Season of Opulence. I think it was where people trying to get the Callus thing. Because the Callus statue was like, you need to give me 10 million Dusklight shards to get... Uh, to get the catalyst for uh, that gun. 
Bad juju. And, yes, yes, for bad juju. And uh, <laughs> so people discovered that you could idle in the forges because uh, if three people were idling and not keeping the forge going, it would end in less time than it takes for you to get booted for idling. Mm -hmm. And you would just get planetary materials for just like participating. So you could just like leave your leave destiny running to get that stuff. And that was like all well and good and whatever. And it was fine. Um, But recently people discovered that you could do that and get umbral engrams, which are of course the new engram drop this season, which uh, can be focused to turn into armor or weapons in a system that I think is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I think I did it maybe for about two hours and then I logged off to do something else. And then when I went to do it again, I noticed that I had gotten kicked uh, from um, that. I was back in orbit and I was like, what? And so I went to uh, Bungie help on Twitter and they were like, oh yeah, we Changed it so that uh, you have to go back into the forge if you fail. And that was like, okay, cool, great. So when there's a bug that makes the grind less unpleasant, then that can be fixed immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the like thing. one yeah. of the fastest they fixed the bug. Like, Lord of Wolves was like destroying Crucible, like legitimately making it impossible to play because of how good it was. And it took them like over a week to like really like, it looked like a week, two weeks to hey, fix it. A this week? Was, like, in Do you remember days. last season mm-hmm. when uh, the Warlock exotic, uh, when Fellow Winter's Helm was disabled for like three weeks? <laughs> Uh, remember just, that? Didn't Twice? It get, di- I was going to say, didn't it get disabled, then re-enabled, yes. and then they realized it was broken, mm-hmm. and disable it again? Yep. Boy. Uh, Boy. So, I'm honestly, like, I have not been playing that much Destiny since the season came out. I've, I'm trying to get back into it. I'm trying so hard. But I haven't been playing with my clan for a long time, which is a big part of it. Um, and I'm yeah. playing other things, too. And it's like, when they did that, it was so demoralizing, because... I just want to do the new stuff. I just want to play the dungeon. I just want to like be able to participate in like the um, the public activities without getting waxed immediately by some like taken scrub. And uh, <laughs> and just like the grind is so demoralizing and so punishing, and it feels like such an artificial way of extending the life of the game. And the fact that they fixed a bug that let people get around that and just sort of get to the new stuff faster is just like, guys, this feels like a tacit admission that like this is a bad way of doing it, but you don't know any other way to do it, you know? Right, yeah. It's con- like, we'll get into this, I'm sure, but it's contrasted so starkly with me right now with uh, the deadlock protocol getting added yeah. to Warframe. Again, <clears throat> I don't want to just make this the we hate Destiny, we love Warframe hour every week. No, no, no. <laughs> because I will say, like, um, I've been going back and forth between them this week. Mm. So I did the Deadlock Protocol quest, and we can get into that more. Um, and there are things that I, when I went back to Destiny, I was like, oh, yeah, I really love this. Like, when I get killed by something in Destiny, I know what got me. There are times in Warframe where I just die, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? Uh, or, like... Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're actually taking guys out in Destiny, it's like, oh, cool, yeah, that felt weighty. Like I just fired my like pistol or whatever, and just like that taken guy exploded. Whereas in Warframe, I'm just like mashing C and just like 
my guy is turning into a blur of of a sword and just like everyone's exploding and that's fun in its own way but destiny does feel a little more like weighty and like oh i'm like making decisions about what to prioritize and i'm using my abilities in a way that like other people can see that i'm doing it and like there's more of like a an obvious feedback you know right, right. yeah 100 percent. how are you so that's so Nikki, great you- that's good Nikki, you're hopping back into Destiny, yeah. which is uh, how did you? Because I know you, you kind of started out on a low power, uh, a lot like probably a lot of people coming back. What were, what are your kind of like initial like thoughts? Because you've been playing also Warframe, so how how does it feel to kind of like be coming back into Destiny? So I think the thing that has been the most confusing to me is that I used to, I think I'm at the same spot with both Destiny and Warframe right now, which is I don't understand how any of the systems work. And it's frustrating, Mm. especially for Destiny, because I used to understand how the systems worked. And then, like, I fell off for, like, a couple of months, and now there's a bunch of shit that I don't get. And, like, the menus confuse me the same way the menus in Warframe confuse me. (laughs) So, like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. So it took me, like, 30 minutes to, like, read and understand what the fuck I was supposed to do to make my number go up fast. And then I made my number go up fast, and then it stopped going up. And I was like, "Well, wait, wait, there's still a gulf of forty power, like that." And I was like, "And then I was like, why won't the number go up?" And I learned about the soft cap, and I was like, "Why the fuck did they put the soft cap in? This is stupid." So like, I don't know. I just like I'm just frustrated with both games now because like I don't know what I'm doing and what I'm supposed to do. And in Destiny specifically, I can't do the thing I know I want to do because my number is not high enough. Right. Yeah. And like, I and don't that's have the dungeon. Yeah, right? that's the dungeon. Like, and I don't have the time or I guess the know how to get past. I'm at like 10:09 right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next to go from. Okay. 10... We all we all got to group up tonight and just really just like plow through some high level content. Colin, you can carry us through some nightfalls because you're like 10:50 or yeah. something ridiculous. <laughs> I, I idled a lot in the forge over the weekend when I was working on last week. Yeah, so that's the thing. I, just, yeah. I left my computer on literally overnight for two nights and was like, this is what's gonna get me there. And I didn't. Like the numbers just kind of like plateaued and I was like, ah, oh, this is a bummer. And it's, then they fixed it. I, I will say having finally, because I know we talked a little bit about it uh last week, Merit, but having actually beaten the dungeon now, like it's frustrating that more people are probably going to time out before they get to the dungeon because the dungeon is really good. Like, it it's looks really fun. so but sick. You need I want to play like, this vaporwave-ass dungeon. But you need to be, like, 10.50 like, to, ple- to be comfortable to be like comfortable with the dungeon. You can do it at, like, 10.40. It's possible at 10.40. Okay. But 10.50 will be make it a lot more, like, so like, less stressful. That's just weird to me to, like, release a dungeon at the beginning of this season when no one is even near there and i guess okay yeah if it's there then people can do it more but like when was pit of heresy released in um in undying uh, that wasn't like it was two a few weeks, weeks after, after it was a few weeks after shadow keep if i remember correctly yeah and like that i mean i guess that was an expansion so there was like other stuff to do but mm. at that point it was like okay yeah people are getting you know closer to there uh and this is just like it's just taunting me you know <laughs> yeah also like it, this some of these activities like the the weekly quest thing where it's like 
oh, do the contact thing. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't hate this. This is kind of cool. Except that I'm like getting destroyed because the recommended power is like 1040. Yeah, so that's how I started out. My friend and I like hop, mm-hmm. we hopped back in at like 940 and 950. Oh, oof, and oof. we were like, I guess this oof. is the this is the thing we're supposed to do because this is where the game is trying to point me to go. Like not making any um, like concession for the fact that we're so unbelievably underleveled. It yeah. like I don't know. I don't know like I feel like making the number bigger every however long however uh-huh. frequently they make the number bigger is wrong. Like I just from a from a It's a bad it's just like a terrible way to go. But I also don't understand why they don't just move the floor up every time they do it. It's, well, they did when they, when they gave free to play a couple of times. Yeah, they have a few times because they went they moved the floor up to seven fifty, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then have they done it since then? They'll probably do it. They do it like every expansion, I think. So they'll probably do it for when Beyond Light comes out. Which Nikki, the from what I understand, the power cap for that one is going to be an extra two hundred light. I think it's one thousand two hundred and sixty. Yeah, and like I'm kind of starting to look at that the power grind and just and look at again Warframe and be like. Warframe doesn't really do this. No, like, it doesn't. They do add more difficult content, but like, 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 uh, Steven, this is something I'm curious about because I wouldn't say I'm like, I don't know if I'm really at end game stuff in Warframe. Like, I haven't gotten like the super powerful mods. I haven't really been formatting my stuff. Um, like, how, when, when they put in something in the game that's like, this is going to be like really difficult, is it just something where you basically have to have, um, gotten really good mods and upgraded them and like done in format to like change your polarities and everything i mean there's an element of that but like warframe is less concerned about like adding like power on top of power because they don't really ever do that i think the uh, i might be totally wrong about this but i want to say like the highest level content or like the the thing that usually makes up the end game is just like this is level 100 enemies are scaled at like level 100 you can go into this training the shooting range and see how much damage you're going to do against level whatever enemies because you can just set the training dummies to whatever level you want um and the but the way they usually will do like ah here's a new interesting end game mechanic for you to do is usually in the form of these things called these days called grand bosses and the thing that changes about that and makes that more complicated is just new mechanics it's not like you mm. grind for more stuff you it's like you people learn what the most effective damage types are and what you know what the most effective warframes are and figure out like weird exploits and stuff and then that's the that's the sort of the process of getting good at it like when right. they added um when they added the second open world zone um the orb valis they added a boss called the uh profit taker yeah yeah there's two of them. There's the Profit Taker Orb, which is the one that's just always in there. And then there's the Exploiter, which is like an event monster that shows up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one will be like, so in order to beat this thing, you need to be cycling your damage types to destroy its shields. Because it'll be like, it, mm. right now it's only weak to piercing. And so make sure you switch to piercing. And so the difficulty becomes, this is something you talked about previously, Merit. It's in the downtime. It's it's in building a build where it's like, okay, I'm going to have this gun that's going to have these three damage types. So when it switches to only being weak to one of these three damage types, I switch to my sidearm. And then when it's weak to only one of these damage types, I switch to my main gun and stuff like that. It's learning stuff. It's not really like power grind. It's not it's not creep like that. No. Which is how I mm-hmm. feel like I don't really remember. And I guess it it's also a combination of like I had more time because I was a child who did not have a job. Um, 
but like I feel like a lot of the stuff in Destiny 1, especially towards the end of the life of that game, was not like here's a bunch of ways that you have to like very slowly grind to make your number go up. We're just going to throw a bunch of interesting activities that make you play with these systems in a way that is new to you. Which is like, it seems like what that's what's happening in this dungeon, right? Like, there's a lot of weird mechanics where, like, mm-hmm, right. you have to stand in light to do some stuff, and you have to stand in darkness to do other stuff, and then there's, like, I don't know. It's just... But then, and they do that, yeah, with the, with the dungeon, but then also add, like, this abstract artificial layer yeah. on top of it, which is not fun. <laughs> what's um, what's yeah. even wild is there's, like, some really cool loot in the, uh, the dungeon that I think a lot of people are going to miss out. There's the... The old Trials of the Nine set, yeah. which got vaulted and then is coming back. There's a new, uh, I think it's called Daito or Dalto set. Yeah, that looks, what is that? Like, they're that both, looks really so they're cool. two different armor sets. Uh, and then one thing that I didn't know, along with like a bunch of just random weapons, the yep. old Ikleos weapons, including like the hand cannon, the uh, the sniper rifle, the shotgun, all of those are now like drops you can get with different random rolls. And they have a, a new perk that you can get called Seraph Rounds, which will over penetrate. And ricochet off target. So, but cool. these are only in the dungeon. So you mm. can only get any of these in the dungeon, as opposed to the engrams, which are just the season pass weapons or the uh, like the really weird uh, season, like the four or five season weapons, along with like I don't know why the gambit weapons they decided to make a thing. And I guess this also does make me think of one thing, which is that in. Warframe, in order to unlock some of this stuff, you there is a grind. Like, Warframe is a grinding yeah. game. I don't want to say mm-hmm. it's not. But it's... It, they presented it in a very different way because they're always making sure that you're getting stuff that is going to be useful forever or, or going to be useful eventually, which is, you know, in Warframe to fight the Exploiter Orb and the Profit Taker Orb and all that stuff, you need to, like, grind bounties to uh, get standing with uh, the, the factions, right? To yeah. make them like you. And that's the, a grind. The faction grind, I feel like, is probably the worst in the game right now. It um, is, yeah. Like, at least you're still getting, like, materials and everything that you need constantly. Materials and unique mods, you know. You, and mods, like, yeah. yeah. And um, honestly, yeah, like, the, the amount of, like, stuff that Warframe throws at you is kind of, kind of cool because uh, it's just like, oh, you did this mission, you got, like, a million, like, neurodes and, like, uh, bio orbs and just like all this shit and then it's like also yeah you have all these mods and every once in a while i'll just like go into my mod uh screen and be like oh i have like 30 of all of these Mm -hmm. trash mods i'm just gonna sell all of them and make like a ton of money or get a ton of endo also it's still very funny that it's called endo it's very very funny (laughs) i think i think i just don't there's just so much. I think the most frustrating thing for me is that, like, I used to. I think I knew how Destiny worked, and now I don't. Like, I don't know how mods work. I don't know because, like, the game does such a bad job of explaining it. Right. Well, yeah. Again, like, I'm just doing the thing, doing the comparison stuff. But one thing <laughs> I feel like, especially we we ran into in Season of Dawn. Um, I remember people who that I think was the breaking point for a lot of people because it was like you would log into Destiny and if you hadn't logged in for a little while you got a message that said donate crystallized yes. fractaline to <laughs> yes. restore the Imperium That's restoration ex- yeah. project. And I was like, and what the fuck is that? Who? <laughs> they you and gotta. Like, Destiny backdoored itself into a lot of the like proper noun bullshit that Warframe does, and also every season, There's every whatever that is, three, three months, 
there's new proper nouns and they cycle out all the old ones, so you have to relearn everything. At least in Warframe, when you like learn what Endo is and what Void Relics are and what Traces are or whatever, like they they change stuff and take it out and replace it and stuff, but like not season by season. They do it because they create entirely new systems or layer stuff on top of it. So if you learn mm-hmm. how Void Relics work, you're going to know how that whole system works for years and years and years. Whereas if you don't know what Imperial like crystallized fractaline is and you figure it out in the like the last two weeks of the season, well, congratulations. Now learn what an umbral engram is and take it to the mm-hmm. ramshackle drifter to or the ramshackle cryptarch, sorry, to go process your dark matter gems and turn them into this other thing that turns into another thing. I will, I will say in Bungie's defense, though, uh, as, as while the mod system could use a bit more explanation, they've been doing a really good job coming out with, like, more interesting mods that you can mess around mm. with with builds. Like, they've been yeah. releasing one that it seems like daily, I believe, and then there's, like, ones tied to the, mach- the prismatic caster, I think is the name of the, the machine. Yeah, there's um, two machines. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's the one where the drifter talks to you, and then there's the other one where you level it up. But, like, the mods this season are and, and the charged light mods especially are really like starting to shine and i think starting to hit their stride because mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've been looking online and just messing around there's some really fun builds you could come up with now that uh while i really do think they need to um they need to figure out their resource kind of like loot table again because i'm starting to run out of like things like ascendant shards and enchantment cores and like mm-hmm. sure getting the bounties from banshee like the three a day a day is nice but like when you're burning through so many to experiment with mods, like, it can get a little pricey. Yeah. Too. Especially when you have to change the element of your gear, which is if it's at level, if it's masterwork like most of my stuff is, it's like a whole event. Oof. So like, it's like a real, like you need to be careful because you could just blow through so many resources. Mm. I think I'm just, yeah. I think Sorry, it can be ahead. reworked, but I think that they're starting to really understand that the, the mods can, they're being more playful, which, I, which yeah. I'm happy with. Yeah. And like, okay, I just, there is a mod this season that has made me realize that it should have been this way forever, mm-hmm. um, which is the pulse rifle, the unstoppable yes. pulse rifle mod. Yes, That's, exactly. It's an, it's an arms mod, which means, first of all, that you can put a different mod on your actual pulse rifle. But second, it applies to exotic pulse rifles, too. Yes. Oh, sure. Which mean, and I yeah, don't know why that, that wasn't oh, the thing. <laughs> like, because the problem with the mod system is it basically has made exotic primaries irrelevant. Yes. Uh, unless they have a built-in uh, anti-champion thing, like um, the big, the uh, one one voice. What's it called? Ten voices. Ten voices. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. The sidearm. Yeah. The sidearm, the the zappy sidearm, like Devil's that has room. unstoppable on it. Um, Devil's I love room. that we can remember the fake name. Divinity, <laughs> divinity, <laughs> divinity stops overload champions. Ariana Zhao's barrier, like there's a very well, but small Ariana handful. Is special, like there are special exotics that are like somewhat useful, especially because, um, as far as I know, no special weapons have had mods on them. Like, have there have been no like shotgun mods or whatever? Again, um, really strange. So, like, it's all primaries, which means you've sometimes had to use two primaries, but also, like, using an exotic has been a waste of time. Um, and so, like, by moving it to just arms, it's like, oh, you mean I can use Outbreak again, one of my favorite weapons in the game, and it's not totally useless? Right. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Exactly. Um, this 
this needs to be, they just need to throw out the whole, like, it's tied to a specific weapon, like, in the weapon slot, and just make it armor. It's It always costs one, you always, I almost always end up having, like, one spot open anyway. Mm-hmm. It makes it so you can run what you want, and you're not punished, and it'll make Nightfalls, I think, a little easier on people, especially Grandmasters, because they won't be locked into that, let's stand in the way back with our Arianas and just snipe people and hope we get ammo oh for them. Oh my god, yeah. That's gaming. That's that's gaming, baby. Um, the the one thing I will say is if Destiny starts to add like and continues down this path of make be opening up more like avenues to build loadouts for your character and stuff like that, uh, it needs way better sorting in the menus and you know the ability to mm. like set loadouts in the game itself and mm-hmm. not have to do it in an app on your yeah, phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not to have to use dim. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, um, that. Seems. I mean, that's something that I've been wanting for a long time. Um, right. Even just like vault management in game is terrible. Yeah, I, so I bad. popped back in, and because for the the uh, the forge thing, you had to have your light under a certain number, and I went back into my forge, and I was like, okay, let me just very quickly sort by power level, and I was like, oh, I don't know which one of those buttons does this, so I guess I'll. Just go through each and every item to figure out which how I can get to seven fifty. Yeah, God, my character when I was doing that looked so fucking busted yeah. because I was uh, I had put my Halloween mask on, which is a power of zero outside of the Halloween event, and then I still had the uh, like um, uh, solstice. Uh, oh, the white sold the old oh. solstice set. <laughs> no, not not the solstice. The uh, the moments of triumph mm. armor. Mm. Um, is the one you leveled had, up? Uh, it's the one that we got at the beginning of Armor 2.0. Oh, okay. Okay. And that was just all 750 because I immediately was like, no, I'm not using this. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just had that all on and then just like fucking a pumpkin head or something. Yeah. And I was like standing in the forge, like, give um, Engram, please. <laughs> <laughs> Help, I'm pumpkin man. Give Engram. Yeah, I had. Um, I still had the broken gun that you get when you start the video Hell game Destiny yes. 2. So I had <laughs> all of that armor, pl- all of that armor, that weapon set, plus the hat, like the, the mask. Um, my power um, level was like, was so low. <gasps> <laughs> One thing that I used to do uh, in Crucible, because like when I was playing Destiny 2, like every night with my clan, Mm-hmm. We would just get into shit where we were just like not even really like trying to grind or whatever. We we're just like, oh, let's just play some Crucible and just like do some dumb shit. Like in um, Mayhem, the time that we crashed the game <laughs> by uh, by just like spamming Well of Radiance, and you could just do it so much that like the game just gets sick and like ejects everyone out into their own party. Like it splits up your party, and it's just like it just like crashes the uh, the instance of the game. It's very funny, but also. One thing we would do is just use the cost of the like the gray yeah. Uh, yeah. assault right. rifle yeah. that you get at the yes. beginning of the game. <laughs> oh, Mary! And just like hmm? you never got to play. This is one thing I'm so excited. Sorry, this is a this is a slight tangent on the Kvostov thing. I just want to say like one thing that I'm so excited about because I'm sure you guys talked about it. The the old content from Destiny One being vaulted back into Destiny yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I there. In the last major expansion for Destiny 1, they made an exotic version of that oh, great yeah. gun. <laughs> Which is very funny. Oh, I remember that. It was so uh, weird, too, because it had different fire rates and everything. You could just yeah, make. It, it, 
its exotic perk was that it was like super modular. You would go into it and set like, do you want this to be like a high impact, low fire rate? Or do you want it to be a high fire rate, low impact? Do you want it to do this or that or the other thing? Uh, and I don't think it was very good, but it was like a no. very good joke. It, like they did the same thing with um, at, when you beat the original Destiny 1 campaign, the Exo Stranger, who's a character that is also coming back to Destiny 2, uh, we found out from that announcement trailer, um, gave you a gun that was like very good, but it was just a legendary and the stranger's that point, rifle. Yeah, the stranger's rifle. And at that point in Destiny, like people who were playing the game had ne- you had never seen an exotic in that game up to that point because the drop rates <laughs> in base Destiny were so stingy and like uh-huh. it was so like you until you beat the campaign and reached the level cap, the the soft level cap, you could not get exotics. So you got this legendary, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is the best gun in the game, huh? And then obviously you find out it's not. But then later on, they added uh, a exotic version of that gun too called no time to explain which is a very right. funny very joke funny joke. <laughs> uh, uh, which yeah. is which is coming back this she's season. coming and back to say it's coming back mm-hmm. along with uh, they also announced today because the gcx stream is currently going on for saint jude's uh so bungie's releasing a bunch of things early uh they showed art for what looks like a scout rifle they showed uh, a new exotic that's coming out is Hawkmoon from the yeah. original Destiny. So <laughs> a new exotic, quote-unquote. A, a new exotic, quote-unquote. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, Hawkmoon is another exotic hand cannon because we don't have Not enough, enough of this of those. game. We have... even, I don't even play the game anymore, and I know there's too many of those. It's like <laughs> oh 10 God, or 11 yeah. at this point. It's, its perk is uh, holding aces, so normally it's got a perk called Luck in the Chamber, which means one of its 11 rounds deals like 50% bonus damage, but this one makes it so three rounds in the 11 ch- uh, round chamber will do bonus damage. So it's it's more, it's a cute gun that was really good for PvP because you could like sometimes get that lucky shot and just immediately decimate somebody. But it's, it's, it's like one of those fan favorite guns that's coming back and no time to explain is coming back and I, I, do people really want no time to explain? <laughs> I like snow. T- I like pulse ri- exotic yeah. pulse rifles. I like bad juju. I like red death. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I do. Is my answer. <laughs> I'm just. I'm... And then there's uh people are rallying. I think in the chat, at least, and I did to have Bungie not nerf Fallen Guillotine because if you haven't heard, that season pass sword is really, really, really good. It's it's probably mm. the DPS weapon of the game now. Really? Yeah. If you're if you're not fighting at a distance like in Sanctified. You can melt bosses with it because it just does an Ooh. insane amount of damage. Like I took it into the dungeon and we melted the first boss on his first damage phase with three oh, of them. Oh, I love Did a just... sword. I've been using the sword that's like a weird yes. hook that shoots, uh, that, like shoots buzzsaws. Oh no! Once yes. you get to thirty, you're never gonna look back. Once you get okay. to, you're never gonna. It's if you pop a bubble on an enemy with Saint Fourteen's helmet, so they can't move, and oh then you just god. keep spitting like a Beyblade to kill them. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> the most powerful force in the universe. I think yes, I said that last week too, but. Um, but as we all know from that one game very powerful oh yeah 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 from the from, not uh, toy soldiers game hy- mm-hmm. hypercharged unboxed yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the only news from the twab of any real note besides like the you know here's what's coming uh all raid armor not weapons will be powered up to the season 14 max light which i believe is 1360 what? so uh when? all uh, 
when next season rolls in, you know how we originally they said only Garden and Last Wish? It's now going to be Garden, Last Wish, Scourge. And I don't know if Crown and those are coming in, because those are technically Leviathan. So I don't know yeah. if that means the Levy mm-hmm. Raids are just sticking around and they're just ditching the Menagerie and Tribute Hall, or if they just mean, like, Garden, Scourge, and... Um, what is it? Uh, when you say powered up, it. you mean their their cap will be powered yes, up. Yes, their cap will be raised. It means they'll be you can farm them for viable endgame armor to wear. Uh, not the weapons. Still that limit the is um, is that I don't know if that's the drop limit, but it definitely is the infuse limit, right? It like is they the won't infuse, infuse limit. Yeah, thirteen sixty is the infuse limit. Yes. Because now they're they're basically trying to be like, okay, we want people to be using different stuff. Um, one way I think they had already tried to do that was like with the mod slots where at first the armor was like you could only like equip mod slots for that season and then they were like okay you can do the one before and the one after it was so, like, like a bad idea the first <laughs> to limit only one season that was bad yeah so right now i'm at the point where i'm like oh i'm using some stuff from two seasons ago now so i'm like all right maybe it's time to start <laughs> over with like this uh-huh. new stuff uh so i can equip these mods uh, so like all my armor right now is just like total horse shit, like one mod in it each, like just, but and, it looks uh, good. It, it looks, looks good. Really I do good. look good. I do look pretty good. That's all that matters at the end of the day is your, your fashion, uh, game is on point. I, but just with destiny though, I just like, I never do that thing though with it. You like, I never feel like it's worth investing in anything in destiny mm-hmm. and making the builds, which is what I love to do in these games and, and like make unique and interesting builds, even if they do add more mods and stuff, because again, the power grind is always just going to make it all completely meaningless. So it's like, yeah. well, I, I should just wait till I get a better drop uh, later on. Cause this is all random anyway. It's all going to be infused and whatnot anyway. And then I just burn out and lose interest because that grind is so rough and we can't do like what Nikki did, which is sit in the forge yeah. Um, yeah. the entire time and, and get past that anymore. Like there's, like, there's gotta be a yeah, better way. It's like that psychological problem of like, an RPG where you're like, oh, I don't want to use these items. I might need them later <laughs> on. And then, so like at this point, I have a bunch of ascendant shards uh, mm-hmm. that I just like haven't been using, and I have a bunch of like enhancement prisms and stuff. And I was like, no, I I'm don't so know. Afraid to because exactly, if it was, if it's like um, the last couple of seasons, the season pass when you get up into like the 50s or something starts dropping uh, the seasonal armor at like 60 something stats, which is like way more than you can ever get. I think they've changed that. So like world drops have a better stat range now. Like they can actually have in Mm. the sixties and like, I've gotten some, but I'm like, is this the best thing I'll get though? Is this worth master working? Like, I don't know. And at some point I think you just have to be like, fuck it. Who cares? Um, because really, the like super optimizing stuff you don't really need to do except for like crucible but it's like if they want it to be about experimenting the fact that it costs resources to slot mods the fact that it costs so much to like add slots to to armor and then to like change the polarities or sorry the elements um all that stuff discourages that and like it makes it and like this is coming from like me and you who stockpile resources. Yeah, like me and you yeah. like like I can't even imagine what it's like for you, Nikki, who's trying to get back into it, where like you have basically like I have thousands upon thousands of legendary shows. Yeah, I have nothing. And like I'm still like terrified. I don't know what to spend I don't know what, anything. It's actually kind of liberating because like it meant nothing to me as of a week and a half ago. 
So, like, if I spent it, it I didn't really know it existed, right? So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just, like, I, I got rid of all of the guns that I had definitely been sitting on, and I was like, I don't even know if these are good rolls or not. Like, I've, it's gone. It's, it's, to me, it's resource. Goodbye. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm just so, I just don't know what to do, y'all. I just need someone to tell me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Okay, we gotta all get on tonight yeah. and just fucking... Just do it. Just rip it and tear rip it. Rip and you know? tear, baby. <sighs> I can't believe they added you know, blood to Destiny. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is really just gory and horrible now. It's like yeah. they made it like Warframe, where you just cut dudes in half and like they modeled all the different organs and guts inside. I mean, you know, you know, I think that Warframe does do though that I like the, in terms of making the mods and the progression feel like good and useful even if you're using different uh you know in this case warframes instead of armor and different weapons and stuff is the the vast majority of the progression in warframe is divested from the actual gear and is on the mods themselves so there's no cost to putting a mod onto your gun or whatever like that the only thing that the costs is in that sense is forma which is not that hard to get and then if you like juice up a mod that mod can just be slotted back into the new gun or whatever later on. Yeah, yeah. Now what, now, what is, is that? that yeah, Colin, something yeah, I think might I be wrong it. with I, your microphone. I got it. Yeah, it's the the headphone jack on the mic. Sorry. Oh yeah. no, may it rest in peace. Is it better uh, now? So yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so do you want to talk a bit about the deadlock protocol? Uh, yeah, I can. Mary, you also. Yeah, this, right? yeah. I, I played through the story quest, uh, which is cool because it's just like, hey, here's a story quest. Do you want to play through it all? Uh, the the enemy level is like 20 or something. So if you've yeah. been playing this game for like any amount of time at all, uh, hop right in. Come on, have a time travel adventure with your friend Protea and uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Granum. Parvos Granum. Yes, Parvos Granum. The fucking patch notes for this game are so amazing because <laughs> yesterday they were like, Oh, we released a new hotfix, and they're like, "Oh, here's all the things we fixed." And then when, like, one of the last ones was like, we added a twinkle to the eye of Parvos Granum when he's like talking to you in cutscenes. Like, this is the change we were all waiting for. <laughs> um, it's so good. It's uh, yeah. basically the Deadlock Protocol is about uh, Nef Anyo, who is the big bad of the Corpus, who is a uh, a man with like a goatee and a mustache <laughs> whose beard is a stock ticker tape kind of uh-huh. um, like a digital stock reading. It's very weird and funny. Uh, and he's the sort corpus, of just like for, for reference on that, the corpus are like mega capitalists. They're mega capitalists and he sucks big time. And he's sort of like one of the major villains of the game, especially when you're working with the like the union people, Solaris United. Um, but he's also just like a bumbling dipshit. Yep. Like he's like a bad a bad man, but he's also kind of funny because like his whole thing in this is like he's gonna take over control of the board of the uh, the corpus um, by proving that he is like a son of Parvos Granum, like the founder of the religion of the corpus. It's kind of weird. It's like um, a theocracy that worships money. Yes, yeah, uh, and so he opens this like he finds that. Parvos Granum has been like living in some weird like pocket dimension and uh, goes and finds him. And then Parvos just like yells at him and is like, you fucking suck. You call yourself my son. You're a dipshit and I hate you. Like, and he's just like, 
well, fine. I don't want you to be my dad, dad. Um, and you fight Protea, who is like a Warframe that was basically like given to Parvos Granon by the uh, Orokin. By the Orokin, yeah. And uh, that's the reason that he survived, because his ship was like destroyed in, I think, the Old War, but... It was uh, there was a uh, he was assassinated or they they, right. they tried to assassinate him his right. uh, his political rivals did yes but uh, Protea used her time powers to basically like keep him alive for all this whole time and then yeah. so you have to fight Protea and there's this really cool effect where like you're doing these missions and then you go into the Granum Void uh, in the missions and then when you beat that particular part you get like reverse timed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like there's one part where it's like, oh my God, the ship you're on is about to explode. Like there's nothing we can do. And it's like, wait a second. What if we go into the time portal so that <laughs> uh, by the time that we're done, the ship will have not even been here yet or something like they can't catch us if uh, bullets are frogs. Um, <laughs> sure. No, right. I fucking hate your stand. <laughs> Protea, I fucking hate your power. Uh, and it's just very funny because then you have characters being like, wait, we had this conversation five minutes from now. Like, w- we have a record of you saying this right. like, after this happens. What the fuck is going on? And there's this whole thing where, like, you put, like, coins into these, like, big hands to go into the <laughs> void. I haven't really messed with that during missions. Like, that's how you farm Protea. And I haven't really bothered yet because I've heard it's a little difficult. But Stephen, have you done any of that? Yeah, I've messed with it. I haven't really succeeded very much. But uh, you're because you're right. It is, it is tough. Um, I, I do love. Yeah. The, so the way that it works is basically they have, in addition to this story quest, they have redone the entire tile set for the the broken ships, which is oh, the first it looks tile so set. Good. Mm-hmm. It, it does. I did a little bit. It's so. It looks so bland before. They really did a really good job of like making the ship feel a lot more unique now. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot more unique and it's a lot more like uh, cavernous. Like the the Corpus ships, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the Grenier is kind of the other major like humanoid faction in Warframe, and they have like these very oppressive, brutalist, um, almost sort of like we hollowed out an asteroid and just stuck yeah. machine parts into it thing. Whereas the Corpus is like these massive halls of just like you know blank gray metal and stuff like that everywhere. And well, I like that they've also sort of like focused a little more on like the religion thing because that mm-hmm. kind of makes them stand out more too so like they have these shrines of like the golden hands and like they look almost like cathedral like these big spaceships yes totally and there's like even statues to parvis granum now um in in different places and uh the golden hand by the way parvis granum has a golden hand kind of like a king midas thing going on and that's (laughs) like his symbol my golden hands (laughs) this is like trap me in a time vortex with my golden (laughs) hands this is like borderlands (laughs) Borderlands level of tongue-in-cheek what they're doing with the corpus now and i'm for it it's it's tongue in cheek in in that way, but it's also just like well written <laughs> instead of just being like I'm dipshit McFuck shoot like or whatever. Hey, like they actually hey, have a good dip character. Dipshit McFuck shoot was an important critical part of the corpus, <laughs> and I'll have you know. Listen, that that character in Borderlands was really well written and realized. McFuck shoot, <sighs> we all loved him. He was a great, cool guy. Some uh, great cosplay out there of him. Randy spent yeah. a lot of time writing his dialogue. All right. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's the thing is because you, once you get to Parvis Granum and stuff like that, like Merritt was just saying, there they do a lot of real good like character building and world building with uh, Nefanyo and Parvis Granum because with Nefanyo, like Merritt said, he's like a complete dipshit and like a bumbling idiot. But they establish like, oh, he's a de- he's dangerous and he's a threat because he inherited a ton of power. His he's got this whole story where he's like trying to tell people it's like uh, now that I'm going to be taking over the corpus, I do want to just lay out my, my humble birth where I was born, you know, a poor orphan with nothing but, like, a uh, small trust fund and, like, yeah. a massive, <laughs> uh, you know, portfolio to my name. You know, I was born poor like all of you. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, so he he's, like, dangerous because he has tons of resources that he inherited or whatever. And, like, there's a whole bit in there about how he um, finds his biological mother and, like, goes into negotiations with her and, like, makes a deal to, like, get a genetic record of his, uh, mm-hmm. of his birth to find out that he is uh, related to Parvis Granum. And then Parvis Granum gets revealed in this game during the story or whatever, and he's like, oh, I'm just a doddering old man. I'm not dangerous at all. And you find out, like, <laughs> oh, actually, so where... Um, Nefanyo is like this weird sort of modern fail son capitalist. Parvis mm-hmm. Granum is like I'm old fucking mo- like shithead, hell on wheels coal meanie motherfucker. Like I'm that kind of capitalist. Yeah. I'm the fucking like rail worker, like the rail yard boss. He's an industrialist, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a, and so, a like, baron. Yeah, and it's uh, so it's like they both suck shit and you have to fight both of them. And that's the that's the plot of this thing. But anyway, sorry. The uh, thing with the new the new zone in the game or the reworked zone is that there are those big golden hand statues and there's a good line in there about how they're uh one of your like contacts uh, tells you it's like these things are you know these portals into this time void are essentially coin operated (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um and you have to go hunt down these like coin bearer enemies that will spawn in every mission and take their coins and then go put them in the fucking gotcha machine to go into the void and fight these uh special specter like floating ghost enemies that Parvis has you summoned. You have to do a Ghostbusters. You do have to go do a Ghostbusters, yeah. You get this unique weapon that you can craft immediately that is a cool energy glave thing. Um, that explode if you throw it at enemies it like steals their souls and then if you throw it once it's fully charged on souls it'll explode midair and the only way to beat Protea is to um, when she is trying to travel back in time you need to disrupt her time travel powers by um, shooting your energy glaive full of souls at her and then mm-hmm. blowing up uh, her rewind mechanic it's very good. Uh, but it's also a huge slog because it's hard to do solo is the problem. Because uh, right. it's hard to coordinate. Yeah. I've started to find that as I get into more of the Warframe content, the higher up. But, like, playing solo is almost untenable. You gotta play on, on public. Because, actually, I was... Uh, a friend of mine I, who I got into the game a couple weeks ago uh, was, like, had been playing on solo and doing Relic stuff on solo. And I was like wait, have you just been doing this all on your own? Because, like, you should really be playing publicly, especially for Relic stuff, because then you just get more chances to get drops, and, like, it's much easier, and people are generally, in my experience, fairly chill. Um, Yeah, Like, it's rare that people talk. I'm often the first person to talk, and I'm just gonna... I usually just say shit like, hello? Or, like, uh... (laughs) Or just, like, compliment people's names uh, when they're, like cool guy 69 or something yeah i mean warframe has the same thing i think monster hunter often does which is that it is a 99 percent cooperative game so there's no like there's no 
incentive to be shitty to other people. They're right. The, the, there will still be shitty people because there are just shitty people. But the game yeah. doesn't actually like give you any reason to be. And it's more not shitty. even like a like it's better than Monster Hunter in a way because dying doesn't right. fuck over your whole team. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, like you, you're just incentivized to help resurrect people on your team, and like if they, you know, if you don't do it, eh, you got four chances per player anyway. So Wait, who what cares? happens if you die four times on a in a group just, mission? Do you I get booted? Just left, I think you're just forced out of the instance. And they no, keep going. You, no, no, you um, you switch to like permanently to spectator mode until they finish. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You still get stuff, yeah. You can't it's pick up any new stuff. Me, but. Yeah, same. Like, I mean, it's happened to me, like, back in the olden days, but it hasn't happened to me in, like, probably literally years. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you get you get switched into a spectator mode, and um, if other people complete the mission, you get the rewards for that mission, but you can't pick mm. up any drops from, right. from within the mission. I'm curious, Nikki, because you, you mentioned it's you're both kind of in the same spot with Destiny and Warframe, but... I know you're close to the. We need to get you through the spoiler mm-hmm. mission, like they got through me. But uh, what do you? What are your thoughts uh, so far on kind of like Warframe? Because I think me and you started around the same time, and generally have probably had the same kind of experience. I'm kind of curious where where your thoughts are on it. And like, do you have a favorite Warframe? There are so guns in Warframe, you... right? <laughs> there are. So here's the thing about guns in Warframe. I feel like this is something that everyone I know has gone through, or like early on. Melee weapons are just so much better. Yeah. And they continue to be very good as the game goes on, but you get guns that are in themselves very good. Like when you start yeah. getting like things like flamethrowers and like big fuck off lasers okay. and shit like that, that aren't just like pistol going like pop, pop, pop. Yeah, because that pop, pop. I did get a pistol recently and I was like, I, w- I would rather have my kunai back. So I switched back to my kunai and I still have my big bow that the arrows are so strong that it, um, it pushes them into walls, and that's fun. It pushes them backwards. Them backwards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I have a gun. There's like a lot of really good guns in the end, but yeah, like Warframe's starting guns are usually just not as interesting as a lot of the stuff that you eventually get to. It's got a weird curve that way. But like, for instance, I have a gun right now called the Corinth, which is a shotgun that has like a really, really long range on it and also has an alt fire that just fires a grenade launcher that is an airburst grenade. So I fire the grenade and then can detonate it in midair whenever I want and then it explodes and I can just switch between that and being a shotgun all the time. Or there's the Archiplasmor, which is another fan favorite, which shoots a square of microwaves. Um, it's like a shotgun that shoots like like square and the square just goes forward, and if anybody gets touched by it, they just instantly light on Hell fire yeah. and disintegrate. It's just it, uh, it's just the big uh, ray gun from Aqua Teen Hunger Force that the Moonanites fire. It's just a big yeah. moving pixel. Yeah, it basically, uh, it kind of is, but yeah. like really fast. I have, um, I have a freeze ray now, and uh, with my freeze ray, um, I, I'll stop the world, you know? Yeah. Kind uh-huh. of a throwback to that, that fun thing we all love. Uh, and yeah, you yeah, get other just people like, involved with that project. All great people, uh, great people, great project. Um, Cade was in that one, I think. Cade six. Cade was in that one. But uh, yeah, no, you do get things that are like way more useful, especially because later on too, uh, there are certain enemies that fighting them up close can be really dangerous. Yes, like the infested just do a lot of damage up close, and you can chop them up especially if you're like rhino or someone but in a lot of cases it's better to just stay back and like fire your flamethrower 
and the uh, the Corpus have those nullifier bubbles. That oh God! Really Fuck annoying. Them. Fuck those um, fucking guys. I'm using <laughs> I'm using Inaros lately, and I fucking hate them mm-hmm. so much because they instantly pull off all of my armor. Yep. Uh, and that's yeah. So that becomes an incentive, especially on certain warframes, not to get close because if you get nullified, then you suddenly like lose out on a bunch of buffs that you've given yourself and things right. like that. They basically cancel sure. out your abilities, so you can't use abilities while you're in a bubble. And also, like certain abilities will drain, and others will just like shut off. Yeah. So. Which in I mean, the case of Anaros, Anaros starts basically. If you're playing Anaros, you start every mission by eating three quarters of your health to give yourself just incredible levels of armor, and then you re... uh, you heal yourself by eating people, basically. Yum, 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 yum. But... But if you step into a nullifier bubble for one second, all of your armor goes away and you have to restart the entire process. Inaros is maybe my favorite Warframe right now because... Oh, he's so good! You just do that thing, you just get, like, huge armor. Like, I can't be killed, essentially, (laughs) and then... And then you do eat people, and you're invincible while you're snacking on people. Like, when you eat people with that Warframe, for people who don't know, like, it's not just, like, you chomp them and they're gone. They're on the ground, and you're kind of just like, mom, 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 And, uh... (laughs) Shoveling uh, them into your mouth like mashed potatoes. And you can't be hurt while you're doing that. So, like, this guy's friends are just like, uh... I can't believe Dave uh, got that. And, like, sometimes if they have a lot of health, it takes, like, ten seconds. (laughs) Um, oh, and then also, also you have an ability that just turns you into a fucking cartoon tornado. <laughs> and yeah, you all the enemies, Taz, the you turn the into Tasmanian the Tasmanian devil. devil and all the enemies just get sucked up into your sand tornado. And when you turn it off, they all go flying. It's just clown oh. shoes. Like when they were like, it was like when we were playing a few weeks ago, when there were like three people using different abilities, it's just like. It's just basically playing yakety sax. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was in the game we were in. I was because st- I, I was playing in Vulva, and I was just standing on top of uh, a rafter. I was just watching because they threw the the anti gravity field down to lift all the enemies up. And then you were just walking around mashing that giant candy cane with the woo the, oh, the Wukong. Wukong, yeah, yeah, Wukong guy. And then there was like all these twisters around. It looked like just somebody like just <laughs> dumped out a special effects folder yeah. onto the game. <laughs> Everybody just went crazy. Also, if I can, if I can just return to the like Inaros appreciation corner yeah. for a second, we we didn't mention that if you do kill an enemy by eating them to death, they turn into a sand oh, yeah. golem that fights. They by do your turn side into a, a sand ah. demon. Yeah, they super do. And also, also, you can throw pocket sand at Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah! You can! You can give them the Fuji dust. Right, I might have to get you go, this guy. Pocket sand! And, yeah, um, sounds fun. And then, the thing too is, when you throw pocket sand at people, it makes them vulnerable to finishers, which are yes. just like one-hit kills, and also, he gets health back when you do finishers. So you just like mm-hmm. throw sand at people, and then run up and like, bonk them on the head, and uh, oh. you get and, healed. And even, even if you do die... Inaros' passive oh ability God, is yeah. when he dies, because he's a mummy man, when he dies, instead of falling on the ground and waiting for somebody to come like pick him up, like Gears of War style, down but not out, he turns into a giant standing sarcophagus that shoots tethers of like life-draining energy at people, sucks them into him, and then if he sucks enough life out of people, he just resurrects himself Incredible. automatically by jumping out of his sarcophagus. <laughs> Very good. He will definitely be high on our tier list that we will probably do sometime soon. Yes. Uh, so I'm noticing that we are getting a little uh, close to our cutoff time. So yes. do we want to talk, like, go over other stuff really quick? Do we want to just talk about uh, Destiny and Warframe still? Or what do we want to do? I think we've talked a lot about Destiny and Warframe. Yeah, let's just yeah. Uh, let's just cover 
the uh, the highlights of Monster Hunter and Borderlands real quick. So the uh, next week, uh, the new DLC for Borderlands Wolf 3 will be dropping, the Bounty of Blood, which is the Western-themed one that has the uh, narrator. I'm going to try to get back into it, uh, try to get back into Borderlands. I don't know how long I'll last because it's Borderlands, but we'll... <laughs> We'll, we'll see. I'm gonna. It looks like if it's like Tiny Tina's, uh, where the narrator is like actually funny and they do some really fun things with it, I'll probably oh. stick with it because I don't know. I'm hit and miss with a lot of the humor in Borderlands, and Borderlands storytelling's always been meh. So we'll see. Matt is very generous of you, Colin. Yeah, thank, thank you for being so service. kind. <laughs> uh, I mm, am I gonna? Mm, we'll see. Um, if I am I gonna reinstall Borderlands no, Three? I don't know. You're not. No, okay. no, that's why you have a guide writer now. So you don't have to. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a that. Hey, hey, thank you, thank you for this like micro intervention. Um, yeah, the other thing too that we have written here is that Safi Jiva is cycling out of Monster Hunter World to make way for the Kulvi Teroth siege in Monster Hunter World. We are still very much in a holding pattern on Monster Hunter, which is disappointing, I think, because mm. like. With uh, with the release of Iceborne, they were hitting such a fucking cadence, like an irresponsible cadence of new content compared to what they had done uh, pre-Iceborne with new monsters and new events and stuff like that. And we had a roadmap and everything still all closed off. And it's whatever, like, the reason that that happened is because COVID destroyed the world. Um, but it's still kind of a bummer that we're kind of just, like, cycling back into old old events. Uh, but... Kulvay Teroth is the better, I think, endgame siege in Monster Hunter World, so people should jump in on that and get those cool weapons. So, as somebody who hasn't played Monster Hunter World in ages, what the hell is a siege? Um, it's kind of like a server-wide or like a lobby-wide um, mission where everybody... You're still going into um, events, into the fights, with only four people, but all 16 players in a given like room in Monster Hunter make progress towards, like, defeating this one monster. Um, That's cool. Yeah. No, like, you're all, are you yeah. all fighting one monster and you just take turns? And... Uh, it's just, like, it's asynchronous, I think. Like, you can... Yeah. You, you Like, theoretically, each 16... Each player could be just doing their own one. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But you're all creating progress towards, like, beating it and, like, getting loot and stuff. And so you're just kind of, like, encountering it and, like, chipping away at its big scales because it's just fucking huge. Yeah, uh, they're they're fun. I've done the Kulvay Teroth one a couple of times, and uh, it's pretty cool. And then once like a bar fills up un- uh, far enough, basically like this progress bar uh, server wide, that unlocks a like final battle against the creature, and the like the last uh, leg of the battle will be different than the rest of the battle up to that point. Um, is kind of how it works in both of them. Uh, in the case of Safi Jiva, Safi Jiva like goes down into this. Um, sort of weird cavernous underworld area that's full of like noxious gas that you can ignite to blow up and knock it down um, and take off parts of its body. Uh, whereas with Colvay Teroth, Colvay Teroth like <laughs> shoots a Godzilla like radiation beam into a wall and opens up a secret zone in the area and then sheds its like golden armor. But Colvay Teroth, uh, for people who haven't fought it, is a monster. It's, literally, it's called El Dorado because it's like, ah, the legend of El Dorado is a golden city, but actually it's this big lizard that uh, so many people have tried to fight that all of their weapons have melted into its body, into this like gold plating over its body, and you need to knock off chunks of gold plating so that we can harvest weapons out of it uh, I just say, that's awesome that's it's like cool. fucking awesome it's pretty cool 
Yeah, but uh, they they made a update, slightly updated version of that fight that is not a siege for for high rank stuff or for master rank stuff in in Monster Hunter, and you can get really good stuff right now from that. Nice. Is basically how that works out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's that's about it. Um, we are yeah we are coming up against our uh, our cutoff time, so yeah uh, yeah maybe this is a, as good a point as any to end. I think we definitely need to jump on Destiny, if not tonight, then this weekend, because I would love to, you know, play Destiny in a, uh, a group again and not just be sort of grinding on my own while listening to, like, Alan Watts videos yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> like, like, I'm playing fucking everything, but uh, but Destiny, I guess right. Destiny is a part of everything, so that's, that's okay. Damn. Uh, whoa, damn, did I just blow your mind? That's Bill Alan Watts. Three coming to a store near you oh soon. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, check us out on the internet at fanbyte.com. <laughs> it's a great website. You're gonna love it. We got all kinds of stuff there. Uh, you can follow Nikki on Twitter at GodSewa, G-O-D-S-E-W-A. Uh, Stephen at Stephen Strom. Uh, Colin at Beguiled Gamer. And I'm at Merrick K. Fanbyte is at Fanbyte Media. And uh, anything else we want to uh, want to mention before we go? Uh, just so people know, if, if somehow you're listening to this feed and haven't realized this by now, we have um, split all of our different shows into different feeds across all of the different podcast platforms. You can still get all the stuff on no matter what platform you use on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. But if you want to listen to You Love to See It, you now need to subscribe to You Love to See It. If you want to listen to Fanwith, you need to listen to that, that sort of thing. Uh, just a thing to kind of cut down on bloat in the different feeds. It was just mm-hmm. getting too ridiculous for people to keep track of. So now you can just listen to the ones you want to listen to. And hey, if you do listen to them and you enjoy them, like this show, numbers go up, you can go to all of those different places and leave us a rating and a review to uh, help spread the word about the good stuff we do here and uh, show your support. It's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. That's about thanks it. For letting me come talk. Yeah. About thanks numbers. for coming on. Come, ba- come back again yeah. sometime. Um, and uh, until then, keep those numbers going up. Bye. 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 Bye.